movies in 4K. Welcome to episode 28. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And this is a bonus episode for all you fans out there, but specifically for Eric Cox, who made a suggestion to us, Lady Phantom. Yes. Die Hard. 1988. He had made a comment and said that he thought this was one of the better 80s 4K releases. So we're going to get into that right now. This movie runs for two hours and 12 minutes. It's listed in two genres, Lady Phantom. Action and thriller. Ooh, what do you think? I think bye-bye thriller, hello comedy. (laughs) Are we going to add comedy? Yes. I mean, this is full of jokes. And many times they don't really even Land. land. And thriller? No, no, not really, no. Wow. I mean, I can see why it's a thriller. It could be thrilling at times. No, it's not. I don't, no, no. Yeah, but Phantom, I gotta say this. I think both of us had this appeal while watching this movie is that this movie doesn't hold up. And it lost a lot of steam. Now, we're not in a review yet. We're still discussing the genre, but... I think at the time, this is almost 40 years old. Oh, my goodness. No, 32 (laughs) years old. Well, yeah. And I did see this. I got scared a little. Yeah, I think I did too. I was just getting ready to graduate high school, but I definitely seen this when it came out. And it was a blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, and it has a lot of sequels. I mean, it was super successful. Yes, I, I think we should keep Thriller, even though we didn't feel that during this episode. I mean, it is a thriller. He is going after many bad guys throughout the movie. Okay. And I understand the comedy. We're going to get into that during the review. But, I mean, if somebody's searching for a comedy, I don't think we want Die Hard to come up, even though there's a lot of one-liners in this movie. I just don't think it's a typical comedy. No, no, definitely not. But there's a sliver of comedy. Like there are a little. Oh, there's more than a sliver. Yeah, because it's not just the delivery. It's the writing. It's meant to be funny at some point. It's meant to be fun. I would say more than funny. Maybe, yeah. All right. So we're going to stick with the action thriller on this. Who directed this one? John McTiernan. All right, and stars? Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, and Bonnie Bedelia. All right, Bruce Willis. I'm just going to start right up front. I've never been a big Bruce Willis fan at all. I, with me, it really depends on, on what he's on because I have, but it's never because of him. When I like something, and I remember, yeah, I mean, I think I did see this at the movie theater, and I did enjoy it, but not because of him. 
you know, and I have other movies that have him on that I like, but it's never because of him. You know, he it's always something from that else. TV show Moonlighting? Moonlighting, Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd, I think. I think it was, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure this is his first breakout role. I if know. not, somebody I'm sure will let us know because this is a huge star here. But I just had to say that up front. Every movie I see him in, I just don't like him. I don't like his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little arrogant. And I just don't like his style. But anyway, this movie starts with him getting on a plane from New York. And he's going to L.A. to see his estranged wife. (laughs) Yes, estranged wife. And two kids. He hates the planes. But anyway, we got some comedy thrown in there. He gets there and there's a Christmas party going on. This is actually happening Christmas Eve. That's where his wife works for this big japanese tycoon this building that has apartments and motel rooms and office spots and has safes and whatever yeah like it's a a big thing oh we didn't say the quick summary why don't you hit that first yes an nypd officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by german terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Which hits it right up front. Yeah. That's totally what it's about. All right, well, let's start walking this through now, pick it back up. So he gets there. We find out him and his wife are having troubles. He stayed in New York when she wanted to move for her job. He's a NYPD officer. And he makes some remarks that he's catching bad guys or something that's been on the loose a while is why he didn't move but you can tell when he gets there and meets his wife that they're on the outs she actually doesn't use his name she uses her maiden name yeah it's like and and she misses him at least she says so but she did drop his name so it's like right they're on the way out and you know up to this part Mm -hmm. you know we're actually jumping up a good 20 minutes because there's a long dialogue and journey from the airport to this hotel with the limo driver yeah i I could have done without all of that i found it so unnecessary and a lot of comedy lines wanted you to laugh in there Yes. This guy is total comic relief. Yeah, the limo driver. Yeah, Yeah. and he comes back and forth. They show little glimpse of him all during the movie. And it's all supposed to be funny. Yeah, but they could have very well done without him because he's just like there. Like at some point, it looks like he's going to actually do something. And yeah, I mean, at the end, he does have a little tiny part. But it's like, what? Like they could have like caught all that. Because this movie at two hours, 12 minutes is 40 minutes too long. Yes, I, mean, I it agree. It lasts too. forever. Okay, so let's get up to the part where something starts happening here. During the party, there's these thugs going around corralling all the guests and the partiers and everything and putting them in a room. John McClain, mm-hmm. the cop the New York cop that is, sees this and escapes and is in this huge building, business type building. Yeah. And the only one that's out and about 
everybody else is in one room. And then they go along, and you see this group of about 10 or 12 people somewhere around there. They're going through and knocking out all the alarms, and they got explosives, and they get the security guards rounded up, and all sorts of things. You know they're there for a reason. Yes. Progress a little more. He gets to the owner of this company, this main guy who is Alan Rickman, right? The bad guy. Yeah. He gets the owner, this Japanese guy, and wants a combination to his computer. Which (laughs) he doesn't have, or he says he doesn't have. Right. And we come to find out, and I'm just going to say this because this is important for the movie, so it's a slight mild spoiler here, but that guy gets killed. So you know these guys mean business that people are going to die in this movie, and that's the only reason I said this. Yes. You know, these guys ain't fooling around here. Mm-hmm. They're after something and they want it and they'll do whatever they have to do to get it. Yeah, and you know that it is not exactly what it seems because of some comments that the the main bad guy, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber, makes on the phone like when at some points you know that there's something else. Of course, later on, and we won't spoil it, you find out what it is. Yes, and these guys are very professional. They're not just some common thugs breaking into a place for something. You know, yes. they handle their business and they know what to do. They know right where to go in this monstrous building. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for something, which we won't be telling you. But in the meantime here... Bruce Willis is going around this place and trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, and actually, he's seen them murder the one guy. So he knows they're not playing around, too. Yeah. And he's barefoot, which he is throughout the whole thing. That comes into play with a lot of other jokes. (laughs) But he's trying to get attention to an officer basically and this plays into it's why i'm jumping to this scene all the phone lines are cut he can't radio 911 so he tries some way to get to the outside world here and there is a cop that comes by and then leaves and he gets his attention and then they have a dialogue and a relationship this whole movie and i will say that That cop was my favorite character in the whole movie. I agree. And I should have looked him up before, but he was famous on a TV show way back in the 80s or 90s. -hmm. You'll know who it is. But um, yeah, so we got that. We get the the principal or the teacher from Breakfast Club is like the master sergeant in this, the one who's leading this negotiation and the infiltration yeah and if it if this was 1988 then it was only one year after the breakfast club that's 87 yes I think. and he looks identical yeah I exactly what the same but um and he's oh my god some of the dialogue in the this typical and the annoying cop that you're like uh. yeah but it's they do things nobody would ever do in here He's not listening to a sergeant. He's telling him we got somebody on the inside. He's like, who cares? I'm doing whatever I want. Like, don't even want information. Thinks he's part of the gang that broke in. I'm like, wow. Some of this writing's bad. Yes. 
And you know what? Uh, you know, I didn't like this at the time either. I've never mm-hmm. seen this since it came out in 88 or 89. Whenever yeah, it me came either. Out on VHS. I, I had only seen it once, yeah. So this is not really my style of film, even though I like action crime. Oh, should we add crime in this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Jeez, oh, how did they miss crime? These are criminals, and he's a cop. All the cops are going after the criminals. So absolutely, yes. Action thriller crime. Just to back up a second. Actually, action crime thriller. I think. Well, it doesn't matter the order. So. What else you want to talk about here? You know, there's just a lot of escapades of him traveling throughout this building, yes. getting injured, fights with some people. And I don't think he's a good action star either. Yeah. I mean, this is, first of all, the, I don't know. The writing in this movie is, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's definitely deficient. It's like, if you want to, if I was trying to think of something to compare to this movie, it's like Tom and Jerry, in a way, in which Bruce Willis is Jerry. It's like slapsticky, with not without going over the top. It's just some of the things they're saying is so stupid. Yes, and there were many scenes in which I mean, like Bruce Willis for a, actually for a big chunk of the movie, it's like he disappears. He's like just hiding somewhere. And and uh, and then he does things here and there, and I'm like, why is he doing that? Like, what's the the purpose of this scene right now? And it's like, what? It's just exposition or something? I don't know. It's like a big chunk. I'm telling you, like 40 minutes of this movie were completely unnecessary. I agree. And, and then the mm-hmm. bad guys don't know that his wife is one of the workers too. That plays a little part of it too. Yeah, but uh, actually it it came to to be important pretty much near the end i thought it was going to be earlier but it's not not really and i want to say that with the exception of uh hans gruber alan rickman who is i mean he was always very good in what he did all the other thugs they are very generic german bad people with the look of dolph lundgren but <laughs> yes, it's like so like region four dolph lundgren you know like completely lacking of any personality only the the, the bad guy look like this but with without any charm or or they were so annoying like so annoying and i will stop it good with rickman he was fine but he wasn't better than that to me no, actually, I, th- I think of now with all the things that I've seen that Alan Rickman was, was on, this was the worst, actually. And he is, because I mean, I know pop culture, he is an iconic bad guy in this movie. And he was fine, but he was not great. No, he wasn't really even that scary to me. No, not, not he's really. supposed to be scary, but he's supposed to command and he did a little bit some things, but I really didn't care. Like, he didn't fascinate me. I wasn't yeah. like, you know, ooh, here comes the bad guy. Let's get worried. No, nah, Yeah, really. and you know what? Like, um, I think in Die Hard 2, and the, the Jeremy Irons come in, comes into play and his, his brother. And, of course, it's revenge because Hans Gruber, blah, 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 typical stupid stuff. 
And Jeremy Irons, I think, was a more commanding bad guy. Yeah, I don't even know if I've seen it. I probably I, did. But I can't yeah. believe there's been five or six of these movies. Oh, my God. No, no, absolutely not. And by the way, like, there's this, I just thought it was hilarious, this continuity thing. At some point, I mean, Hans Gruber pretty much spends all the movie with his hair perfectly done because he's, of course, Hans Gruber, right? But there's this little chunk of movie in which he and Bruce Willis have some interaction that is unexpected. And I just don't get it for a, like from one scene to the next. It looked like they threw a bucket of water to Alan Brigman and, and all his hair was down. It, he looks so stupid. And then all that scene plays. And then the next scene, his hair is already done again it's like oh my god who who really who's paying attention to this why don't yeah. you see this let's get into the technical since you started there there was a lot of bad editing in this movie yes and a lot of blurry scenes like like, like they they took out of focus it was remember jarring. though 4k we've talked about this highlights this now that yes. it's been because this is a true 4k disc Yes, that is true. There was also one scene which actually startled, I don't know if it startled you, but it kind of startled me with the sound that they were, I yes. mean, there was some music like that, and then it, it and I even mentioned it was like, A hard well, that cut. cut? The that music was stopped, right? And then it went to a completely different scene. It was so blaring. Yeah. And <laughs> I then, couldn't imagine sitting in the theater and seeing that. I'd be like, what? Like, because you know how loud it is in the theaters. Yes. It's so bizarre. And then there was also one one that I remember, one moment that dun, dun, dun. And then it cut and it went to something else. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this? And of course, this was, but at, probably because of the 4K, unfortunate, like, there were like four scenes in which the green screen was screaming at you. Like it really looked bad. Well, that's what happens yes. with 4K. And well, you, because they did do work on this. This, absolutely, yes. We got to wait till we get to the Yeah, 4K. yeah, yeah. That's Stick fine. with the movie here. Yeah, it's uh, writing was, I, I just didn't like How the writing. How about the overall story? Did you like what they're after and what they're doing? It seemed too chaotic convoluted. and convoluted for yes. what they're getting like they had some serious plans for this and it is amounts to a lot we'll just say that but it's so convoluted and taking hostages and if they would have just waited two hours nobody would have been there it's like <laughs> yes exactly it's like why are they even worried if somebody's there uh-huh i mean it's it's just dumb. Like, I mean, they silenced all the alarms and everything. They could have been in and out. Yes, they needed a key piece of information. But then again, they didn't get it and had a backup plan that they went through. So they didn't need it at all. Yeah. And it's, I mean, whatever they their, their plan was, it was going to take some time because of things yes. that you get to, to see in the movie, right? But still, they could have waited. They they could have waited until nobody was there and everything. And why on Christmas Eve, precisely when you know that there will be a Christmas party, it's like they were begging to be caught. It's it's like, no. no. Yeah, I 
put that to the writing i'm with you like it, it's sloppy and you know i'm just looking this has an 8.2 rating oh, most oh, people no. love no. this movie and i remember i mean when i watched it on the at the movies i did enjoy it but i was 14 uh-huh yeah well you know how did you get in to see it it's rated r oh it doesn't matter <laughs> like i have really when i was little there was never a single... I, I saw Amadeus in the theater. And we are talking... That's a hard R. So, yeah. There, this is not important. Yeah, or it this, wasn't at the time. This has a lot of cursing. Very brief nudity in one or two scenes. It yes. really flashes quick. Uh-huh. And there was some good wounds in this and it took a while to get there but that's why it's rated r yes the wounds the i mean there's very little gore but it's very well done the blood looked very real uh the wounds looked very real there was one scene it was so funny that one of the of one person let's just say he falls on a window the window breaks you know and then you are supposed to believe that he got like his neck got caught on the window or something. But it's very funny because the second he's falling down, you see that all the glass is gone like under him. So he couldn't have gotten caught by the by the glass. But he still lay there dead with amounts of blood flowing. Yes. And these like, are oh. things that you probably wouldn't <laughs> even catch on your first viewing Phantom. And I don't at home. Know. Like when you're in the theater eating popcorn and you know, this is a fun action. This is supposed to be like John. This was John Wick of the day. No. See, I think it is. No, because. Because John no. Wick has comedy lines that I don't think yes. are funny that you do. But John Wick, at well, at least I thought the lines were clever. I thought so. And the delivery was very good. And John Wick was an assassin. This guy, Bruce Willis, you are meant to be, you are meant to believe that he's just kind of a roguish cop. Like he doesn't really follow the rules, mm-hmm. you know. But he's no assassin. Like he's no. And in in later movies, they made him to be way more than he actually was. Here he's just like kind of a cop, yeah, and he's doing I his job, and that's you're that. Downplaying this had five sequels. I mean, this made Bruce Willis. He's probably a multi multi-millionaire because of this i believe franchise. so yes yes absolutely but but i mean he made more movies. doing these movies than john wick than keanu reeves makes now making john wick movies i doubt it but okay. i don't but okay that's beside the point you know and i believe it i mean action movies they are even when they are not typically the best movies they are widely successful and that's fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just did not like the comp. It was so blaring to us on this that's, rewatch. Yeah, that's what it I was, was wanted so to say. It was so out of place. Like you could just see the lines and so many one-liners and oh, yes. between everybody, between the cops, between Willis and the bad guys, between Willis the and guys. the limo guy, between the bad guys, between the characters that are stuck in the room. Exactly. I mean, everybody. And that's what I wanted to say. Like when I mentioned the delivery, you know, this has like comedic dialogue at some points. 
And the delivery was horrible, almost in every case. And you don't think that has nothing to do with it holding up, that at the time it probably not worked? Really, not really. Well, maybe. Like, but did people at the time like that kind of slapstick stuff? Yeah, but if you think of like Jerry Bruckheimer movies, like The Rock and Face Off, there's comedy times in those movies and they're serious. Delivery. I think everything is in the delivery. It's like when I when we talked about John Wick and I just said it right now. Yeah, and I don't think it's good in that, but you do. Fine. I mean, it's okay. But I thought the delivery of the people, especially the bad guy, like the main bad guy and Keanu was perfect. See, at every I don't second. think it's the delivery in this. I think it's the dialogue that they have to say and them pulling off saying that in these circumstances. That's true. Now, I do remember in the 80s and 90s, like one-liners were the thing normally, you know. And this has the typical moment in which something triumphant happens for the bad guys. And the one bad guy goes like, Merry Christmas. And you're like, please stop. Yeah, see, I'm going to hearken back to a movie I mentioned during John Wick 2 again here is Rambo that came out around this same time here. And I just like serious action crime movies myself. That comedy gets in the way to me. Now, sometimes it works. Like in The Rock, for example, Sean Connery and Nick Cage have quite a few banters back and forth. And they worked to me in that movie. Yeah. While being very serious. This... It just strikes you so boldly. Yeah. You know, throughout the whole movie and the writing and the dialogue, what they had to say is just not funny. It's really offhanded and don't work. Yeah, it's just all, everything is writing and delivery. And in this movie, except for the dialogues between McLean and the cop that is outside. That's Those more like a really sentimental good. dialogue. Yes, that was more like with heart. And I did like that part. Also, it helped that the guy that plays the cop, he was amazing. Like he, he played that role so nicely. Like he was definitely my favorite character. And it worked. And even when that guy says things that are funny here and there, of course, not so many, they work to the letter. But with... All the other characters, they were like, oh, please shut up. Please shut up. And the bad guys were annoying. Not the kind of bad guys that you say, oh, this guy is so bad and and, and his acting makes me believe that he's bad. The kind of annoying that in a horror movie you say, please kill this guy. He's just, ugh. You know? No. So, yeah. All right, I think we're going to be getting a lot of comments on people that like this well, one, but leave them away. at BillShetty.com if you disagree with us, if we miss something, if we should have just closed our ears and watched it <laughs> <laughs> and just forgot about all the lines. But I think this movie holds the sentimental and classic value to people that seen it back then while I'm going to say right here, if you haven't seen this movie in the last decade or two, before you criticize us, rewatch it yourself. 
and I think you're going to see exactly but what I mean. But rewatch it critically, please. I mean, no, you don't have to rewatch it critically. I mean, it's blaring to us. I wasn't being critical when I'm watching the movie and they're making one-liners and they're not landing. Yeah, that, I mean, no, you're going to notice that. You, you are completely right. What I mean by watch it critically is not like watch it, but don't just like say, no, it's good because I want it to be good. Um, but but then again, if it's good because you want it to be good, you know what? You do you. Forget that I said that. Yes. I mean, just take our word for it. But I suggest if this was one of your favorite films in the 80s and you love it and maybe you even have it to just put it back in. And I don't think this movie holds up. Listen to what we're saying. If you do like all the dialogue and do you do like the lines and you love Bruce Willis's character, let us know. But it's time to rate and recommend it. I'm going to go with a four. And that's mainly for the action type scenes, the gun scenes. Most of them worked. I didn't even care about Bruce Willis character in this. Another one. The wife had a very little part too. I didn't feel for them. And the bad guys weren't bad enough to me. (laughs) They just weren't and they didn't work. But I am going to give it a four. But this is a total void to me. There's so many better action, fun movies in my mind that you should watch before this. But what do you got, Phantom? I'm just going to go with a five. I think it's just average. It's, It's not a bad movie by no means. But it's not a good movie either. And I got reminded of something that I felt from the time I watched the first one. And I do think I watched maybe up to four, the, the fourth sequel or something, or the, or the third sequel. I always thought that his chemistry with Bonavadelia, his wife, was terrible. Like, I never felt that they felt anything towards each other. And this didn't change that at all. Some special effects are really good because, I mean, mainly they, they are all practical. All the explosion scenes. Yeah, those yeah, were really I mean, good. There's a lot of fire in this one. Too. Yes, lots of explosions. Very a lot well of done. Elevator action here. Yes, very little green screen. And I am thankful for that because the one that we saw was blaring. And that's it. I mean, just like a plain average movie and avoid it. Yeah. All right, let's get to the good stuff. All right, Mr. Cox said that this is one of the better 80s 4K Blu-rays, Lady Phantom. What do you think about the video quality? I am inclined to maybe agree. Me too. It, It does look very decent. There's grain all around especially in wide angles and it's it, it gets really bad at some points but in many scenes it's barely noticeable i would say 75 percent of the film you don't notice any grain to exactly. me exactly yes because i mean there's stuff happening and there are close-ups and stuff that make you not see the grain but when you see it it's right there and i know that many people love it but i don't so yeah there's that and this is a common trope amongst our 4 Kers, but for this <laughs> this movie, I feel like I gotta say this and reiterate. Oh no! Oh no! Is that this movie 
has never looked this good. Yeah, that, yes. I mean, this is 32 years old. I can remember watching this on the VCR, watching it on TV, and it's just a static, flat image. Here, you do get a lot of coloring. Yes. Faces are glorious, nice facial tones, coloring very good, fire scenes very good, nothing got too dark, always invisible screens nice shadowing in effects because some of the action scenes he's down the elevator shoots where it's pitch dark yeah you know, and, uh, and you see all the ledges and the little doors and uh-huh. stuff like that and talking about bruce willis i mean in this movie he gets more and more dirty as the movie goes mm-hmm. on and a lot of damage too his yeah feet. he gets damaged his feet bleed and like and you i mean in other Times that I had seen, well, the one time that I had actually seen this movie at the movie theater, but I don't remember. The point is that with this movie, you do believe that he is grimy, that he is sweaty, oh, that he, he is. is dirty, that Good he is point, bloody. Phantom. I'll tell you what, you see everybody sweating in this movie. That was clear. Like when he's yes. sweating, even Rickman, when he's sweating, when the cops are outside like that, I noticed right away when the breakfast club guy came walking up to the cop. I was like, wow, he's got some sweat beads. What's this guy yeah. been doing? <laughs> and also there's one scene where I could see Bruce Willis shed a tear. I won't say when, but it was distinguishable from the sweat. Mm-hmm. And that was nice to see. All right. You know, I mean, what else? The colors. I mean, in general, this is not a very colorful movie, but there is you get times. A, I said in general, but you do get fire you do get uh, red light bulbs. They looked so good, those red light bulbs here and there at some points of the movie too. And uh, when you did get color, it was rich and beautiful. Yeah, I'll say the outside scenes looked really nice on this disc. Yes. When the cops are around guarding off this building and everything, and they got those big white, lights you know the monster lights yes. that, the strobe not strobe lights anyway the big lights they shine at buildings and things yeah and you got also like all the police cars with their lights and you need to remember that all of this happens at night mm-hmm. so everything you see is really really clear and colorful there's a scene also where you see things falling from this from the building and those highlights look there was, so nice. That was the one scene that does have specular highlights, yes. Yeah. And Where looked, little flares are coming off of something. Yeah, it looks really, Sparks. really good. Yeah, because as these papers, let's say, are falling from the building, lights are illuminating them. So they look like, like snow. I mean, I guess that's the point, you know. But it looked really, really nice. So that i did enjoy yeah i'll tell you what eric i was pretty impressed with this disc because we've seen a lot 90s and below that are so heavily green but this one i was surprised with right from the start actually like it looked way better than before you know and i like i said i seen it originally but then during the years it's on tv you'll stop and watch it so uh-huh. like i know what this movie's about i remembered how it ended mm-hmm. i remembered the major line in this that we can't say because there's a curse word in it but, <laughs> well you know we can say the beginning no nah, don't even bother <laughs> 
But um, yes, like I was pretty impressed with yeah, this. Yeah, there's a scene in which you see Bonnie Bedelia. She is worried and her she's getting a little, uh, I don't know, she's getting teared up and her eye shines so brightly. It actually, like, it stood out to me. It looks yes. really nice. And also what really stood out was silver. Like when they were mm-hmm. going around parts that were silver in this business or hotel rooms or outside on the cars or things, like they really shined. Yes. And you seen like the shadows behind it and yeah. stuff like they, I wouldn't say popped off the screen, but they were no, they were like, ooh, that looks good. Yeah, they didn't pop, but like all the lobby, let's say, of this hotel, mm-hmm. not hotel, this office building. Yeah, with all the mirrors and uh-huh. the glass. Yeah, all that is silver and it looks beautiful. And there was a lot of camera flare, light flare in this. Not a lot. Several scenes you'll see it when they were like shooting into a light. Mm-hmm. And like they were panning down because there was some action. Like you actually seen that flare, the blue or the red. Yeah, and it did look nice. It looked kind of cool. All it right, how nice. about the audio? It was fine. It was good. There were scenes with um, gunshots that sounded good and they sounded like they surrounded you and everything. One scene I wasn't a fan of when the one I said, what was that noise? Because there, there's in this place where they are, there are like obvious. little waterfalls. Yeah, but I hadn't seen the waterfalls. And uh, I thought the waterfalls were louder than the voice. And I didn't like that. Did you pick this up? I thought during the beginning of the movie, and it went away pretty quick, I'd say maybe after 15 minutes. Like the first 15 minutes, it sounded a little tinny, their voices. Yes, Okay, you did know. Like, it wasn't full and rich coming from the center. It just sounded like, yeah, this is an old mono track or Mm -hmm. something that they had to up-convert. But once, you know, it got moving, and I would say it was only the first 15 minutes or so, then it got better. But this ain't no premium sound. No, and we need to clarify. For the time... It was, they did yes. a good up convert, and it is and 5.1. it's not Atmos. Yeah, exactly. It's 5.1. And it sounded fine. Like, the gunshots sound really yes, good. Yes, and when the mirrors are breaking in glass, it worked. But this yeah. isn't a premium disc. Yeah, there's that. a good chunk of the movie where glass is continually breaking, and it sounds okay. All right, Lady Phantom, what special features are on the disc? Well, the 4K has basically commentaries. We have the um, commentary by director John McTiernan and Jackson DeGobia. Scene-specific commentary by Richard Entland and subtitle commentary by Cast and Crew. Now, those same commentaries are on the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray also has the newscasts featurette, interactive still gallery, interactive articles from Cinefix and American Cinematographer, full-length screenplay, trailers, and TV spots. Okay, so it was a little bit of addition for them to include the commentary with the 4K video, which they usually don't. So that's a little uh-huh. bit of a bonus. And it's good because we know many people like commentaries and they hate when they don't have commentaries. And it is, I think, kind of a hassle, you know, to have to put on the Blu-ray to listen to the commentary. Well, in this one... You can listen to well, it. Well, it's not on only a hassle, but you don't get the quality when you have exactly. to do that. Exactly. So, yeah. So, that is a bonus here. It is, definitely. All right, Lady Phantom, what's your grade? 
My grade for this one is a B minus. That's right where I'm at. So I'll just jump in. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, if you like this movie, if you watch it every year, because some people I'm sure do, definitely it's worth the upgrade. Yes. Remember, both the Phantom and I said you shouldn't even watch this to begin with. But if this is your style movie, you need to get the 4K. Yes, totally. totally. worth it. B minus. It's a solid disc. I agree with Eric. He gave us the suggestion to check it out. Right on, Eric. And I was hoping that it was better than what I remembered. It's just not my style. And I didn't remember the comedy in it, Phantom. I remembered the action scenes. Yeah, and me the, too. The elevator scenes and the cop scenes. But for some reason, and I knew I didn't love this movie, for one, I told you about Bruce Willis, but now I remember why. Yeah. It's because of all this not good comedy, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and I did remember enjoying it. I mean, for a reason, I watched the sequels. I mean, I did enjoy that movie, but I, and I insist, I was 14. So, I mean, and it was the 80s. It was a different time. People like different things. I was barely a teenager, and I did enjoy this movie. Now, I, I don't want to watch it again. All right, so that's worthy. Let's wrap it up. All right, episode 28 is down, Lady Phantom. Where do you want everybody to go? I want everyone to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review there. Uh, please go to BillShetty.com and sign that guest book. As you can see, we respond and we pay attention to your suggestions, recommendations, requests. We do get to them. Of course, sometimes it may take a little time, but we do. And uh, remember, we are everywhere where you can get your podcasts, including Amazon Music and Podcasts. Yeah, so Phantom nailed it right there. If you got your own suggestion, request, or recommendation, pop it on that guest book because we will have a bonus episode specifically for the movie, just like we did here. So thanks again to Eric Cox. Hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody out there. And you'll catch us very soon on another episode of Movies in 4K.
But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.